0: It's Curious City, where we take
1: your questions
0: about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore, from WBEZ. Camille
2: Feast grew up around St. Louis, where she said her family recycled a second nature. But when she moved to Chicago, she heard disturbing reports that the city only recycles 9% of its garbage— and a lot of that's because workers dump whole bins of recycling in the landfill when people put the wrong stuff in them. So she wrote into Curious City asking
0: If I do a good job recycling, and exactly what does that mean, but my neighbor does not, and we share a recycling bin, what happens to those materials?
2: Well, Camille, the news isn't great. If your neighbor piles trash on top of your good recyclable stuff, the whole bin could end up at the dump. Even if it makes it to the recycling facility, that trash will end up on a conveyor belt and have to be picked out piece by piece. This extra work and time, it's costing Chicago taxpayers more money than ever. Why? Well, the standards have tightened. Places like China that we sell this stuff to, they're now demanding a cleaner product, not bales studded with all sorts of random crap. We recently met up with Tom Vujovic of Waste Management, and he says before they could sell bales of stuff with about 10 percent contamination. But last year, Chinese buyers cut their contamination threshold to less than one percent.
1: It's almost unrealistic, right? As a result, the operational costs have gone up. We've added more people. We've slowed lines down just to make sure that we pull out as many contaminants as we could.
2: But what exactly is a contaminant? And how do they decide when the whole thing needs to go to the dump? Camille was dying to know. So we put on some bright orange vests and gloves, and we went out to see just how these decisions are made in the trenches, or in this case, the alleys. Vujovic met us on our first stop in Berwyn. Here, he flipped open a bin and plucked out a spaghetti sauce jar with some sauce still caked in there which, believe it or not, is okay.
1: Where these commodities end up going, there's a wash cycle within that process, and so it's not as impactful if there's a little bit of residual product within these containers.
2: Okay, and they've got the lid on, so... um, Yes,
1: they will recover better within the system when they're on the containers.
2: Okay, so a little schmutz with the cap on is fine. Off to bin number two, where we see lots of good recyclables, but also a ton of old food at the bottom. So Camille wants to know, what happens if all that stuff at the bottom ends up in the truck?
0: Yeah, so then it makes it to the facility, Correct. what happens from there. If you get
1: a couple of these half-gallon milks with the food and the tortillas and the cheese and the milk and the bread and these donuts, that can contaminate a whole truck. Right. So when it gets to the facility, if the equipment operators see that, they'll carve that off and push it right into the trash pile.
2: So got it... No food in the recycling bin. Put it in the garbage. Or you could compost it. Now, you might be the kind of person who'd never put a bunch of old food in the blue bin. But you do tote your recyclables to the alley in a plastic bag. Then just swing the whole thing in the cart. Don't. Plastic bags are a big problem. Why?
1: Those plastic bags cause a lot of mechanical problems for us uh, as they get wrapped around our equipment, and they create a lot of downtime for us because they require us to go in and then cut all the plastic bags out.
2: Okay, so no plastic bags. But what about all those delivery boxes from Amazon? Vujovic says to toss out all the plastic and styrofoam packing stuff, but keep the boxes and recycle them. A little packing tape is also fine. But Camille
0: wants to know... How important is it to break down boxes? It's important for a couple
1: reasons, but when they're not broken down, they take up a lot of airspace. When the cardboard is broken down into flat pieces, it gets recovered a lot more effectively.
2: Just make sure to stuff it in the bin with the lid closed to keep it dry. And speaking of cardboard, what about the most delicious source of cardboard there is?
1: All right, let's talk pizza boxes. Looks like clean cardboard, right? And Cardboard is definitely the great commodity to recover and to sell as well. Uh, What makes this a problem is this.
2: A bunch of pizza crust.
1: That should be thrown in the trash. Typically, most pizza places will put inserts. This too should be discarded just because of the grease. Now, what are we left with? Really nice clean cardboard. These little few spots, no big deal. Nice piece of cardboard, take it all day long.
2: But on the next stop, where we meet Streets and Sanitation Deputy Commissioner Chris Sove, he gives us a different story. Not because Vujovic is wrong, but because Sove worries people can't handle a nuanced message on pizza boxes. When we get into, like, diehard folks that are very, very interested, Camille's probably one of them, (laughs) pizza boxes are one of those ones that are just tough. Tough because Sove thinks most people are going to leave that greasy liner, the cheese and crusts in the box. But if the box has got no food residue on one side, then it would be acceptable. This is the best news Camille has heard all day. And she says it'll be stopping a certain passive-aggressive behavior that happens a lot in her apartment.
0: Now, instead of taking my roommate's pizza boxes out of the recycling and putting it into the trash, I can keep them there.
2: (laughs) So yeah, Camille's household will recycle better. But remember her pesky neighbor, just how much junk can he pile in her bin before it gets rejected? Officials gave us different answers that made us think it was kind of up to the guy collecting that day. But so they did say there are a few instant deal breakers, like hypodermic needles. Medical waste, electronics, garbage, food waste, yard waste or ones too, that it's immediately should just be rejected. So those are the instant deal breakers. But then there's a whole class of other junk. The things we've already mentioned that don't belong in there and have to be taken out and will slow down the sorting line. Remember, Vujovic says they have to get the stuff cleaner than ever for the export market. But if you've got a neighbor like Camille's who's messing up the program with trash, what can you even do? Sovay says the city's got a guy, or actually 50 of them, who can send a warning to the offender time to time, we do get disputes between neighbors. We do have ward superintendents in every, all 50 wards of the city that can address those types of issues. Leaving some information in our postcard on what's accepted or not accepted is probably something that would help. Yeah, a postcard might help. But Camille's got another idea.
0: Can I suggest ads on the CTA billboards? I mean, most people I know ride the train several times a week. And I can tell you, like, the hottest dentists around the food delivery <laughs> services. Like, to me, I feel like that would be a really good... Way to get it out.
2: I think it's a good idea. Either way, Camille feels like she's learned a bunch. On top of the pizza thing,
0: she learned... Lids can be recycled, but keep them on. And then also like an envelope with a plastic window. That can also be recycled.
2: But she also learned that her neighbor can sabotage all those efforts.
0: Do I like the answer? No. (laughs) That being said, I can try to recycle elsewhere maybe.
2: Like one of the city's recycling drop-off centers, where Camille would have to put things like glass, cans, paper and plastic in separate bins. It'll take more time, but she believes it's got a much better chance of making it to the other side of the recycling rainbow. Curious City supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Jesse Dukes is our audio producer. Jessica Popovac is our editor. Catherine Nagasawa is our digital producer, and Mackenzie Crossan is our intern. You can listen to our podcast at wbez.org slash Curious City or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Monica Eng.
0: Next time on Curious City? In 2008, Chicago Mayor Richard M. Daley unrolled a bold climate action plan. It laid out dozens of goals for 2020, from efficient buildings to public transportation. And it got national attention.
2: Mayor Richard Daley is working to make this enormous, teeming city the greenest city in America.
0: But it's easy to make big plans. It's harder to follow through. So are we going to meet any of those goals? That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City.